Happy New Year. Welcome in to the first show of 2019. Stevie and Joe representing the DTC team. I can't believe 2018 is in the book, Stevie. I also can't believe that people make a big deal out of New Year's. It's not actually a holiday. We're just kind of celebrating the clock, doing what the clock is supposed to do. At least those are my thoughts. I, I was told by my wife I'm a curmudgeon and that I'm uh, I'm void of joy on this day. But honestly, I, I don't know why people make such a big deal out of it. And as a sports fan in this town, the you know there is eternal hope every new year that something will go right, especially out at Ashburn Park, uh, at Redskins Park in Ashburn and FedEx Field, that the terrible, terrible, terrible building in Landover, Maryland. But we'll touch on all that stuff. First and foremost, congratulations on the birth of child number three for you. Thank you. Thank you. And I think I think I can hear her in the background, but that's okay. She's welcome to join anytime. She's, yeah. It's a ratings the only boost. Way getting, it's the only way you're getting me on the podcast. Is this hey, we'll take it. We'll take it however we can get it around here. Uh, but Happy New Year to you. First, your thoughts. New Year's Day, New Year's Eve. You know, as kids, we used to celebrate it together. I don't remember what we used to do, and that's probably for the better. As an adult, does it actually matter to you at all? No, no, no. Happy New Year to you. Uh, no, New Year's Eve is the Kirk Cousins of of holidays. Okay, it, it looks sexy. It looks like a great uh, thing that's about to happen, and then when it's time to show up, it hits you, and it's just the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's just nothing. It's just nothing. It's, it's, you got it's dressed up and you went out and nothing happened. Nothing ever happened. Exactly. It's terrible. Exactly. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't know why people get so excited about New Year's. I, I don't understand it. It's like, uh, I mean, it's the, is it the Super Bowl of non-denominational holidays? Probably not. I think that's got to be Thanksgiving. No, no, right? 4th of July. 4th of July too. Oh, Thanksgiving yeah. is, is somewhat uh, religious. 4th of July is a great holiday. The, I don't know how Thanksgiving is religious, but I I, I will give you, I will seed the 4th. Oh, it's not it's not religious, but fine, the fine, Nina, whatever. The Pinta, the Santa Maria. Okay, so we're on the same page. New Year's kind of sucks. Um, where do you want to start here? Should we start with a, like a recap of 2018, highs and lows maybe of 2018? I mean, uh, I, I think we if, can both pick the the high. I mean, it's got to be the caps. The caps bringing yeah, home the the hardware for sure. But I, I, and yeah, and I, I would even be more specific. Is that whole caps run? I wouldn't even just you know say the night that they won the Stanley Cup or the Stanley Cup final. I think it was just. That entire run, um, the way they did it, um, the way they just really captured this city, um, incredible stuff. Uh, you know, um, Hopi save. Like there was just just some iconic moments that we'll always remember. By far, I'm I with mean, you. I'm, ima- I'm imagine I'm the with year you, without that. No, I can't actually. I don't want to because it would it would. De- I mean, that would be like every other DC sports year. That's the one thing we can hang our hat on and say, you know, from a curse perspective, from a DC sports perspective. We brought home one big trophy that was super meaningful. It meant a lot to us too. I mean, you know, as a casual hockey fan, to go and be part, to be in in Capital One when uh, you know for for various games throughout the postseason run, that's an environment unlike anything I've I've been around. And and ironically, m- most of those games we were just watching on a TV screen, but it was still mm-hmm. a ton of fun. So I'm, I agree with you. That I mean, that's got to be the number one, two, and three seed. You know, some there were some other, I guess, highlights here on the sports. Um, really? Yeah, I mean, a couple. I think you know, as terrible as the Redskins season was, I think Adrian Peterson has to be a little bit of a highlight, right? He's got him. I mean, I don't think anybody expected anything out of the old man, and he came in and delivered a thousand yard season. And he, I mean, he played well enough that he should be back on an NFL roster, if not the Redskins next year. I think, I think that counts. I think we saw Mad Max do things that 
you know, mm-hmm. we didn't think he could do, right? I mean, the, the Nats, uh, the season fell apart, got away from him for sure. But, I mean, Rizzo still is Rizzo, and, and Mad Max really still did. I mean, he had, an, he had another good season, right? Am I wrong on that? No, no, Cy Young uh, candidate, if it wasn't uh, for Syndergaard's crazy season, he'd be the Cy Young winner. But my low by far was the day the Nats were uh, mathematically eliminated from uh, postseason but come play. On, but hold on, hold on. But, but, but be real here. From the very first show we did, when they lost, I even remember it, they lost two of three to the Reds to open the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just knew something was off with this team. I said it, you know, not in so many in so many words. I think you kind of agreed with me, but there was just some stuff going on with this team from very early on in the season that they didn't seem to recover from. And you know, I don't want to say it was to be expected. I don't think any of us expected the season to go the way it did with a with a rookie manager and everything else. But I mean, I mean, not many things went the Nats' way at all. Yeah, I mean, the injuries killed them. Um, but I'll give you another high. Another, I'm, I'm recapping the year. I didn't even have a chance to think about it. But that All Star weekend, uh, including the home run derby, I think was the biggest high of Bryce Harper's tenure here. Um, I think it was an incredible moment. You were talking about electric atmospheres. I was uh, at Nats Park for that. And so uh, that's probably going to go down as his greatest moment. Uh, you know, bye bye, you know, poor 40 for him. Absolutely, and it was a lot of fun to watch his, you know, extremely jacked father, you know, pitch him the balls and everything else. But he's he's likely not going to be back. I mean, it, it, that's at least the way it's trending right now. It looks like it looks like the Dodgers have made a, a lot of space for him. Uh, I, I mean, he hasn't. Have you heard anything or seen anything or read anything or wrote anything? Anything? No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. I mean, I, I think he's playing it very close to the vest. I think Scott Boris is playing it super close to the vest. I think right now they're in a state where. They're trying to drum up more interest than they've found. I think they've got the Dodgers interested. I don't think the Dodgers are going to give them top dollar money, but I think what they're going to try to do is promise him, you know, the endorsements and, and all the you know extracurriculars that come along with living in Los Angeles. Of course. Um, but I, I think he's looking for that four hundred million dollar contract, and right now Scott Boris is just not finding it. I don't think he's finding teams that are interested in him. Well, you ha- and you also had the learners or, or somebody with the Nats management group come out and say like we just don't have that money and and that that ship has kind of sailed. So, you know, it's unlikely right now that he's he's coming back to the Nats. But you know, on that injury note that you brought up a few minutes ago, you look across this entire town, with the exception of the Caps, every team has been decimated by injuries, and it's it's kind of unreal. It, it it's such a you know DC sports curse thing to be sitting here on January 1st talking about the year that was, but you look at what happened to the Wizards down the stretch last year, you look at what happened to the Nats, and definitely what happened to the Redskins most recently, all of them. I mean, we're not talking about one or two injuries. We're talking about several key injuries basically you know, multiplying or, or compounding on top of each other. You know, Look at the Wizards right now, even. John Wall's done for the season, right? Sato's going to have to come in and play big minutes, and, and that's you know he's capable, but he's not John Wall, and and John Wall and and Screaming A Smith are getting into Twitter beefs now <laughs> and whatever. Like, I mean, this is it's unreal. But, but, it's unreal the amount of injuries that that have plagued all the DC teams. But Joe, I'm I'm I love this year in review, and and I would love to do this even further. But let's get into the real issue here, which is not injuries, because other cities and other teams go through injuries. What it, we're seeing here, especially leading with the Redskins, is a, a foundational structuring a misstructuring or or, you know whatever you want to call it that these teams are not being built 
correctly. And that's what, what's killing the fans. That's why the Eagles took over. That's why they turned it into the Link South on Sunday at FedEx. That's why the Fire Bruce Allen hashtag is, is blowing up. I mean, th- there's a foundational problem in the way that Bruce Allen and Ernie Grunfeld are building these teams and are, are that's the problem. It ain't injuries. Because if these teams were built properly, they could sustain injuries like every other team. I don't disagree with you there. And and the fire Bruce Allen hashtag, it's still trending, you know, a week later after it, after it really picked up steam. Uh, I'm waiting for the, you know, hashtag fire Ernie uh, to come around too, because he, he deserves it just as much. I mean, both of these guys have torpedoed both of these franchises. And you look at, you know, I don't disagree with you, but I'll tell you, like you and I, we both grew up uh, Redskins fans. We we did the whole season ticket bit. We've done games here and there. Well, we we obviously started a podcast to talk about the Redskins more and more. Like this is a team that that you know we are lifelong fans of, and and I am now transcending into a place where I do not care. And I think a lot of people can. I, I think that resonates with a lot of people. I think maybe you beat me there a few seasons ago, but I'm getting to a point now where. Like the passion for the game, the passion for the team, the connection to the players, the connection to, you know, the heritage and what I remember growing up, especially the '91 Super Bowl. I mean, it, forget about distant memory at this point; it's a forgotten memory, and I think that's the worst thing that can happen right now. And if you're Dan Snyder and you're listening to this show or any other, I think most fans are coming to a, that point now where they just will, they just don't care anymore. And and you know, how do you run a business? When your your lifeline, the fans that that you know the the butts in the seats that pay for the concessions and the, the ridiculous parking and the terrible game day experience, if people like you and I and and other people that maybe are listening to the show now just have checked out to the point where you know a little part of me was actually happy that that the Eagles came in and took over FedEx and it's very weird like I didn't want them to win the game. But I, there was a little bit of satisfaction in seeing the stadium just overrun with Eagles fans, and even more satisfaction watching them take over and celebrate their, you know, getting the win, shutting out the Redskins, and then celebrating in the concourse, you know, their playoff berth. I mean, that that's incredible to me, and and frankly, I, I've never felt that way before. I, I don't I don't really know what to do with it or or what to do, you know, with myself. But I mean, can you can you relate to any of that? I mean, I. I figure you've been complacent for a while and not really caring about the Redskins, but this is a whole new world yeah. for me. Yeah, I, I was an early adopter to the uh, I, I care less about this team and they've disappointed me on so many levels. Uh, I'll tell you something. I don't know if I read this or I came up with it. Let's assume I came up with this. Okay. Is sure. apathy apathy is worse than anger. Yeah, right? of course. Apathy no, is worse than anger. That, yes. So if, if if you have an angry fan, fan base, that means they're invested. That means uh, any business, right? If you have a business and you have angry customers, at least, you know, they're customers and, and they're coming to you because they want to see improvements and they're not happy, you know, whatever. But if you have an apathetic customer base or fan base, then that's a, a much bigger problem. And that hurts your bottom line. And that really kills long term, any long term success of any business, corporation, or organization or whatever. And that's where I think we had the anger phase, I would say, um, after Gibbs. Right, starting with like Zorn and those guys uh, after Gibbs 2.0, sorry. Um, and so there was this very angry phase, right? It was this, you know, we hate Dan Snyder and, you know, what he's doing with the Redskins. And, you know, we got to fix this and this is our team and let's try to buy it. And let's get the Mervis guy to buy the team, all this crazy stuff. Now you don't see that anymore. Now you just see total apathy. You see, you know, visiting fans just override the stadium. You, you 
I bet if the Washington Post post posted their clicks on Redskins stories, you, you, they, they would be in second place to the Capitals or whatever. I'm sure the jersey sales and, and merchandise sales are getting killed. So that's where we're at. Can you fix it and turn it around? I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. I, I think people at this point have 100% turned. You know, maybe, you know, you look at what they did with Scott McLuhan a couple years ago, or not even a couple years ago, a year ago, and how they let him go. You look at how they handled uh, the Kirk Cousins situation. You look, like, even the art going back to RG3, and even before that, I mean, all the way back to, like, Clinton Portis, for example. Like, you just see there's a history here of... You know, with every bad decision along the way, Jim Zorn is another good example of it. The way they fired Mike Shanahan, the way the the, the way they couldn't obviously retain McVay, although that one they get a pass on, they weren't going to be able to keep him anyway. But you look at all these different events, and you know, just chipping away at the confidence of the fan, all the until you come full circle now at the end of the the 2018 season, you know, and we're basically in the driver's seat with a six and three record. You need to win basically three or four. To, or three of the final games, basically, to get into the playoffs. You had a you had a, a kung fu grip on the NFC East, and you just you flame out. And yes, injuries had a part of it, but my goodness, man! Like, I don't know where the goodwill comes from from anymore. If you're a Redskins fan, like, what what do you hang your hat on and say? You know what? Everything's gonna be okay because. X or Y or Z because for a couple of years like you said it was Gibbs 2.0 and then it was okay we got Shanahan and then oh my goodness look look at the future look how bright the future might be with this RG3 character and then it was wow we have a real quarterback in Kirk who's you know rough around the edges and makes some terrible decisions down the th- down the stretch but he's a top 15 top 12 maybe a top 10 quarterback we can build around him then you you end up now with Alex Smith breaking a leg Colt McCoy breaking a leg uh, yet butt fumble gets signed and like it, like it's just like this one th- thing after another like the fans have been used as punching bags for so long it, it's it's just at this point I, I am apathetic and I don't know how Dan Snyder Bruce Allen or anyone affiliated with the Redskins I don't know how you get me back to caring at this point because the product is so terrible it's so terrible you know and and the, for the season to, to end the way it did a shutout at home when you could have still prevented you know the Eagles from making it. You could you had a chance to go eight and eight. Like like the only guy I'm really pulling for right now, you know, that's not a a player per se is is Jay Gruden because I think he's done a hell of a job. You know, LP disagrees with me, but I think he's done a fantastic. No, job. No, I'm with you. I'm with. Yeah, I, I think he he deserves an extension. He deserves to, you know, everyone on his staff. Manuski maybe got to go, but and his strength and conditioning coach, all of them have to go because they can't keep anyone healthy. We got to get Drew out here. To fix some of these players because it's, <laughs> this is terrible. What's happening here with all the? Well, injuries. I mean, he's he's taking care of Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah, well, look, Ryan Ryan's had himself another nice season, right? I mean, it's <sighs> he's look, he, he's not going to show up anywhere because he plays he plays linebacker for the Redskins, but he had another good season, Stevie. I mean, you can't you can't discard it. You can't. I mean, getting into the X's and O's. My time is getting limited here because the baby. But uh, listen, where do you go from here? Is you're on the books for 20 plus million to a quarterback who's probably never going to play another down in the NFL again. I'll give you another problem that is flying under the radar <coughs> is your left tackle is an all world, all pro bowl, you know, rock of this franchise. He's getting up in age now. He's not the same guy. I mean, even I watched in these last couple of weeks, there's several holding calls that were on number 71. I mean, so he's not the same guy. So you've wasted the prime years 
of a cornerstone left tackle. As you're going to need to start thinking about, uh, you know, finding someone who can can help him. He's been injury prone. He's played through a lot of injuries, um, but he's got a lot of wear and tear on him. So, you know, your your offensive line is also decimated. So, th- there's not a lot to, to look at, and and the baby agrees with me. Yeah, the baby does agree with you. I mean, give me some final thoughts here. You know, who is the team that is most likely in our town here to bring another championship home? In 2019, you're going to be shocked by this Nats team without Bryce Harper. Oh, they're going to be so, good. You're unbelievable. They're going to be. You're good. so predictable, but I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right, Stevie, let's cut you. Out. Let's get you out of here. It's been uh, 2018 was awesome for the podcast. It was awesome for me personally. It was awesome for you personally. You know, ending the year with um, with the birth of number three. Congratulations to you. I can't wait to get back into a regular recording rhythm after uh, probably in the week, next week or so when uh, when my life comes down. And you probably, what, two more weeks, three more weeks until you find a rhythm? Well, once we get her used to the podcast, she'll be good to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's welcome anytime, Stevie. Happy New Year, my man. Thanks for making a little bit of time. To all the fans out there listening, Happy New Year from the DTC family. Lots of shows coming up. In a few days, we will have a wild card weekend preview show. Razzie will be on. Uh, I think our boy 20 will be on. LP is actually having a baby, so he won't be around. But FP, if we can find him, if he's recovered from his party, hopefully he'll be around. But for uh, for Stevie, my name is Joe. This has been a quick 17-minute recap of 2018. Looking forward to 2019. Have a good night, everyone. Happy New Year. More to come.